and welcome back to The Price for Paradise. My name's Woody, a.k.a. Creston Woods, and with me today, we brought an old guest back on for round, I think, three or four? Uh, three, I'm not sure, three or four. One three or two. four, yeah. yeah. So uh, we got Tristan back on the podcast. Tristan's a, a frequent here on Price for Paradise, but um, we haven't talked in a little while, so yeah. I want to bring him back on and talk about what he's been going through lately because um, it's been a lot. I always see it, all yeah. of his Instagram, and it's always up and down in different <laughs> world views and everything. So I, I would just uh, love to break it down and see what you've been going through, brother. Cool. So welcome back. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's good to be here. <laughs> yeah, man. And so... Uh, it's been a long time since we talked. So, yeah. what is life like now? And um, tell me a little bit of what you've been going through since we last talked. Yeah. So, since we last spoke, I can't remember if it was. Do you remember if it was before I went to Worlds or after? So you went to Worlds and then you tore. I tore my quad, quad at Nationals. At Nationals. And then okay. I, Worlds was after. Worlds was after. So I, I don't think I've you seen since you Worlds. since Worlds. Yep. So, we'll just quick refresher. Um, Tore my quad and nationals, and I came here and spoke with you. And I was talking about like the biohacking and the BPC and all that stuff. And um, ended up getting back in time to train. Uh, so within three or four weeks, that all that biohacking works, there was no sign of the tear on the ultrasound. So heck yeah, would have been you know six months to a year recovery, and likely would have needed surgery. Um, but uh, I don't know, miracles happen. BPC one fifty seven, BPC one five seven, TB five hundred. Did you take it orally? Um, I was doing site injections and I was, okay. I was doing it like four, usually like four times a day. Yeah, so. Cause I just didn't know if like BBC worked uh, orally too, yeah, right? Doesn't actually, it, like, so I've, yeah. I've taken it orally and the way I describe it, like it's like consuming an oral sewing needle. Like it just knows where to, it's crazy. There's like coding in it. Somehow it knows exactly where to fix and repair. Well, so I was reading a little bit about it and it's like, it gets into your bloodstream, right? So it's like a, a, a full systemic, like yeah. helpful thing, right? It's yeah. not just going to target that one area. So it doesn't like the injection doesn't actually have to be in the spot, Correct. right? Right. Okay. It, yeah. So it really like the studies on oral and injections, they're equally as conclusive. So it doesn't really matter where. Sick. So I'm it, taking an oral now, <laughs> which is really interesting because like I was doing the side injections and I think for me, the placebo of like, Oh, I'm putting it right on the spot. Like was helping, you know, the placebo effect is powerful, uh, yeah. but I mean, and you get some like actual, you know, feel to it. Like t you, yeah. you, you tactile, like nervous system Definitely. feel, but, but yeah, it's crazy stuff. So I was taking that and I do it more. And I was also doing, um, a really low dose of Austrian, just like everything I could throw at it. And then just stretching and uh, muscle stem with acupuncture and all, everything you can imagine, you know, a couple of times a day. So we're actually then, on the stem right now, guys. Yeah, we are. <laughs> Feels yeah. good. And we're sitting on it right now. We're doing a little biohacking such. Yeah. But um, yeah, so you did so, all of that yeah, and that, it just came out clean. So within, um, I had this guy who works next to the shop and he owns a couple medical um, facilities and he's become he was become a fan of my powerlifting. You would love him actually. He loves like Wim Hof breath work and stuff. I'll send like, him in. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to get you connected with him. And he does like platelet rich plasma. And he was like, hey man, he's like, I want to help you out. He's like, I'll give you an ultrasound. Um, he's like, to make I want to make sure that you're good to go. Like I want to support you on your journey. He's like, because um, I I kind of like didn't go to a doctor. I was like, got an MRI done and I wanted to heal it myself because I was like, you know, I've had this stuff happen before. I'm just not going to go spend a bunch of money to yeah. have someone to tell me to do exercises that I already know how to do. So you're almost like, like your background knowledge is almost as much as, you know, yeah. a lot of the PTs, unless they're like super passionate about their yeah, job. Right. Right. And so then I had like, you know, my good chiropractic friend, she had her clinic, she moved since, but she would do dry needling with stem attached Caitlin? to it. Yep. Yeah, pretty much every day. I was out and I was doing cupping, scraping grass and everything just to keep that consistent blood flow going to it. So it was healing and repairing. But 
this guy who's like, yeah, he's like, I'd love for you to, to give you an ultrasound and see how it's healing. And so he scheduled me and I went that day, like a couple of days after work and the tech did the ultrasound and he came back in, you know, probably like five days later. And he's like, he's like, Hey, how's it doing? I was like, dude, no sign of the tear. I've been lifting full speed ahead. And his jaw hit the floor. He's like, no way. He's like, he's like, there's no fucking way. He's like, He's like, I think the tech may have made a mistake. He's like, come on in after work and I'll do another ultrasound for you. He's like, I don't want to be a liability. Cause like we kind of like went under the table with it and it was kind of like a, you know, he was yeah. just doing me a favor. And so he was like, I don't want to be a liability. I don't want you tearing something on my behalf. And so I went in that day and did an ultrasound and his, again, his jaw just hit the floor and he's like, wow, no sign of the tear within Dude's like three super or four, <laughs> four weeks. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of me meditation and stuff like that. Joe Dispenza has some really unique stuff out there that I shared in my last podcast yeah. like, used to help with like healing of the stroke damage. And, and stuff. just dropping into parasympathetic on yeah. a regular basis, where is just people don't know how to state change, right? So we're chronically stressed out, and that's your body can't heal when it's chronically yeah. stressed, right? Um, so anyway, it went great. I went off onto worlds, and um, so this was, I believe, my second competition in the open division. So at nationals, I placed fifth in the country in open. Um, with a, I tore my bottom, my second attempt for squats. So I had, I was able to finish the meet, thankfully. So I was able to bench and deadlift. I just had to drop my numbers. So I finished fifth and my goal, when I set out to power lift after my first meet, I was like, I really wanted to be the best in the world. And uh, yeah, I mean, you came on the podcast the first time, like with that, you know, all in, like, I'm going to be the Arnold of the greatest of all time. Yeah. This you know decades. what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And it's really interesting. I'm kind of feeling that pull again, but uh, oh. So many things have called out to me since. So anyway, I went to compete. And so in the open division, um, I ended up taking fourth. The three guys that beat me were um, two were masters and one was submasters. So that, you know, they had 20, 30 years of lifting experience on me. But in the true open, ages 24 to 36, I was first in the world in my weight class. So Hell yeah, I, bro. Kind of, I kind of did what I wanted to do. I just didn't get the medal because they only give medals to the top three. But open, you yeah. can beat against everybody. So it's really interesting. But in my actual age division, I ended up um, being the strongest in the world. So Dang. Um, and I didn't know there was an old man sport like that. Like, oh, yeah. I, I mean, I didn't know that powerlifting was almost you needed that many years yeah. of you know groundwork and that's what i was talking about on the one of the first podcasts is it really is it's a long term thing right like it takes decades to build that kind of, it's not really about your muscles that do the strength it's, like it's the your bone it's density, your bone density you know, like, it's yeah. your ligaments it's just like the stress you put on your body and how it responds over time it just strengthens your bones and ligaments and like you know the old guys are slow movements but their ligaments just have that 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 like coiled up power in them that can just move yeah, some serious way. So, you know, I built up some muscular strength, but it really just comes with time over years and years and years of, you know, putting 800 pounds on your back, your body will just adapt, adapt to it. And, you know, <laughs> your spine it. will be twice the size. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, that went great. Um, and I came out of that meat really hungry. Oh, my bad. Okay. My phone on do not disturb. One second here. No problemo. And so I came out of that meet and I was hungrier than ever. It had gone really well and I was really proud of myself. It was really needed some time to decompress because I'd done five consecutive meets, just a lot on the body. And then it, within what time frame? It was just a little over a year. Jeez, it's like dude, a that's year. a lot of, that's a lot of big days. Yeah. You know? And so, you know, like it, it, it just was, you know, like my discipline was at an all time high throughout that I would. In the mornings, you know, I'd train and I'd come here and do all the recovery stuff, ice bath, cold plunge, Norma Tech sleeves. And then I'd go to work all day and at work I'd eat, you know, a pound of chicken, a pound of rice or beef um, two, sometimes three times a day. And then I'd get off and I'd go do all the chiropractic, full spinal um, adjustments, back and neck decompression, cupping, scraping, grasping, dry needling, all that stuff. And um, it was just a lot, you know, I'd like race to get in bed at like 
10 p.m. so I could get my eight hours of sleep and get up and do it again the next day. So I was really ready to kind of take a break. I was in a pretty serious relationship at this time. Um, and so, you know, I came back home. I moved to Phoenix. So I wasn't training with my coach as much and wasn't training at the gym I normally do. And I really, after my performance at Worlds, like, okay, this year I can actually break some national and world records. Like if I just, you know, put two more consecutive meets together where I grow, you know, I add to my my lifts, I, there's no reason why I shouldn't have a, you know, my name in like the big record books, especially after having the 101 pound PR after the the quad tear, you know, within, you know, a couple months. So anyways, lifting at the gym and um, just got in a conversation with the guy and it, I was lifting before work and the conversation got a little bit drawn out and I had to hit a heavy set. So I skipped one of my warm up sets just because I was like thinking about if I was future tripping, I had to get to work and I was hustling and yeah. I, was doing some rack pulls and on like the f the last the last rep I was, was like gritting it out I was going a little bit heavier than what I was supposed to but I knew I wanted to like really come in and I knew in my head I was like I'm doing I'm lifting heavy I was like but I can do this like this is what I can do this to like set some national world records if I come out the first meet of the year with some really good numbers like I can taper back and it'll just be really easy to hit those and I pretty certain I tore my erector I felt it completely like oh my tear gosh and pop dude. and pull and I like kind of put the weight down and I was pacing around and, you know, I, I have like enough muscles around that I could still stand and stuff, but I, I knew like, you this know, when is I, serious. when not I tore like my a, quad, uh, I knew, but this yeah. was like 10 times and I knew. And so like, I took the weights off and I like went in the car and I just cried and I bawled my eye, not cause it hurt, but just cause like, I was like, this is going to be, you know, probably like six months, minimum, you know, and I'm probably going to need surgery and MRI and all this. And, uh, so like with my quad tear, you know, my mind gets in the way and I was like, maybe it's not hurt. I better go check and see if it's hurt. And so, you know, a couple of days later I went in and I was just squatting. I was, I had the empty barbell I just put it on my back and I was doing some squatting and it was moving good. It felt okay. I felt my, my rector wasn't fully like contracting, so I wasn't sure. Uh, but I was like, you know what? Like I went, when I tore my quad, I went in and I did a squat, a set of squats just beneath like what was like heavy without breaking down muscle. But the next day I couldn't walk and I was like, okay, this is bad. There's something wrong. So I wanted to like go in and test the waters. Right. Yeah. And I had put 135 on and on the second rep, I just collapsed beneath the bar. I think cause my rector was out, my spine took the load and I felt like four of my vertebrae just crack, crack, crack. Oh popped. my God. Like, so I'm pretty sure I compressed or herniated or bulged a couple discs, two, if not three, I can feel them. And so, um, that was like, you know, God's way of forcing me to stop what I was doing. It was like a big slap in the face. And, uh, really since then, that's when my whole life changed like that, that to me was a really eye opening experience. And that was really when I became aware of the ego that I had, although like, you know, I don't, I don't always seem like an egotistical person or like, you know, I'm not like in your face. Everyone of, has an ego, man. Right. Like and, it's, it's, it's like a thing that we have to train yeah. and, and it's not something that, you know, is, you know, not uh shy away from any one, one man on this right. earth. And yeah. that was really where I just was like, wow, like all this time and energy and effort that I'm putting in, like, you know, like then the next few days I was hardly having a hard time being present because my back hurt. I was in so much pain. I couldn't even stand. I'd get up and go to work. And I was just irritable. And just the pain was just. And and that shows just like how chronic pain can even change your entire yeah. world view. Like just because you're in pain. Chronic pain is serious. Like I really learned about it this year. And yeah, so that just was kind of like, I took that as God's way of like telling me to slow down. Like, hey, this is your time. Like, you know, like I'm the type of person, like I don't take my car to the mechanic until like it blows up on the highway <laughs> the last it, thing left. same thing with yeah. my body like i don't go to the I've, I've been way better about it since but 
I like I don't go to the doctor until like I need the emergency surgery, right? And yeah. so I'm texting my PT friends to see what I can get right. away with, you know. And so that was a big lesson for me. And I was like, you know, start taking care of yourself. You don't need to like lifting heavy and having gold wendels around my neck does nobody any good but me, right? Like it and what good does it do? You know, that's not the stuff you think about when you're when you're dying on your deathbed when you're, you know, eighty years old. To so. be fair, the, there's some inspirational things that go on, like, you know, some kid could see you and yeah. like and it could spur a journey and it, there True. are not bad things about it too. Right. There's some good things there. And yeah, and that, that's the kind of the train I was on for a while. I was like it, it motivates others and it was, you know, like to have my comeback story of And addiction. a proof of concept, right? Like if you yeah. wanna, you know, be the person who says these things, you have to also, you know, yeah. live by them. And so it was just like, you know, I, this start, started to happening. I was in this relationship that was very stressful at the time. We both had some uh, mental health challenges that um, in conjunction were just like just highly volatile situations and very stressful. And my back, the chronic pain wasn't helping. And at this point, I had like came up with some life-threatening health issues. I just like started getting dizzy, walking up the stairs and falling over and passing out and hyperventilating and all this crazy stuff, man. And, um, it reminded me of in my addiction when I'd have cardiac arrest yep. I'd go. And so I knew my blood pressure. So I felt it and I knew. So I went into the doctor multiple times and tons of stuff happened, but like it kickstarted a crazy spiritual awakening. And so, um, I, within like six weeks, I had eight ER visits where my, I was in hypertensive crisis, you know, the, I remember the, the range time. where people were telling me, like, I came into the store, you're like, dude, I just got back from like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you know, like I'd still go up to work the next day. So you can imagine the cortisol I've realized now is all cortisol and stress and energy <laughs> trying to leave my body. Yeah. And you just never hit that, you know, parasympathetic, you're yeah. just chronic. Right. right. And, um, yeah. So like I, I'd go in with like heart issues and I have abnormal EKGs, but every time I'd be there, I'd have like these other acute symptoms, like my stomach would be hurting and I'd like pe projectile vomiting, like puking, choking on my vomit in the hospital, like thinking I'm going to die choking on my, and so like my partner at the time was like hollering at the nurses and they came running. I'm like, literally like think my life is ending as I'm waiting to get x-rayed and make sure my, cause they had thought maybe like with my back injury, I pinched an organ or twisted something. Cause I was just sick. I was so sick and my blood pressure was all over the place and really crazy it's kind of a long story but at the when i'd come out of the er i was having all these acute symptoms that were directly correlated to what my grandpa was experiencing on his real deathbed he was like you know his stomach was filling up with fluid and i'm over here projectile vomiting his heart was failing and i'm having abnormal ekgs um i was like coughing up like i i got like pneumonia and bronchitis and he his lungs were filling up with fluid and so every time i'd come out of the er like something like i'd get this another acute symptom and it was just like 10 things at once and then like you know within a few hours i talked to my mom on the phone and i didn't want to scare her and let her know what was going on because she was there with my grandpa as he was dying but every time i had a symptom you guys had like a spiritual he felt it yeah connection about the same situation yeah and so that was when i was like wow i think this is like a spirit like god is trying to teach me something he's letting you feel all of what he's feeling now so you can have the perspective that you need to yeah. keep going and so it, it just was crazy man and all this stuff had happened and yeah. So really since then, I, you know, I, I, at that point I decided to start stripping myself of the things that gave me validation and I wanted to give up powerlifting and I wanted to like focus more on my relationships. Cause like, you know, there was a couple weekends when I was in the hospital, I just like, didn't think I was going to make it. And my partner was there and she was super strong and supportive of me the whole time. And it just, I knew it was causing stress on her cause it was, it was scary for me. And she was being there. She was my rock through that whole thing. And that's really when I was like, when I was like, okay, you know, like I'm dying and I'm not thinking about my lifting, right? Like lifting was not even in the top 20 things for me, right? And yeah. so it just changed everything. And 
Wow. There's so much that I could fill you in on, but I've been on this just like spiritual journey since and my whole life has completely changed. But to to make a really, there's lots of stories we could get into, <laughs> yeah. but make a really long story short, multiple mind-blowing out of this world, ethereal and spiritual experiences with angels and presences visiting me and, you know, with my grandpa passing and visions and dreams and um, hallucinating during the day without even taking any hallucinogens or anything at all. Just like these, I would like enter other dimensions and get these messages and impressions and downloads and visions. And to make a long story short, um, Easter Sunday rolls around and me and my partner, we went to, um, her like best friend's place. And we were there and on the way out there, I was getting feeling funny and I would have these spiritual episodes that would come on. Like I could sense when there'd be presences visiting me and I perceived them to be angels. I'd have these visions and dreams of angels and she could always tell when I'd have a spiritual episode because it comes into me and it like takes over my breath and I breathe differently and it like heals and it like cleanses me. And, but it's also very overwhelming. My nervous system was not healthy at the time from the health issues I was going through. So I couldn't always tell if it was a spiritual episode, if I was having a stroke and I, like my face would get tingly and like, I'd get sensitive to the light and I'd start to see colors. And the, one of the first episodes that happened, I thought I was dying. I thought I had like passed over, but it was just like something came and visited me, took over my body. It was within the hour that my grandpa had passed away. And I think it was maybe his spirit coming to me. Anyway, no, Easter yeah. Sunday rolls around and um, I just started sharing about this and sharing with my partner at the time. And I was like, Hey, like, I think my time on earth is coming to an end. The angels are trying to tell me something. The doctors can't find out what's wrong with me. I've always, since I was a young child, have had these dreams of like me alongside archangels, like fighting demons in this ethereal war that is infinite and it's good versus evil. And I just like, I just had this feeling that my life was coming to an end. And what I realized is that it was that life that I was living was coming to an it end. It was a chapter. It was a chapter coming to a close. I, I definitely felt like that, that spiritual death and a rebirth type of thing, but it was just the beginning. So anyway, Easter rolls around and I'm still just not in a good state. And we, we pulled up and she's like, are you okay? Dean? She could tell I was having something going on and she wasn't sure if it was health or if it was spiritual. And I didn't know either. And I was like, no, like, we're here. Like, I think we're here for a reason. Let's go inside. And I just was not feeling good. I felt like, like something was going to happen. Um, there's like this pressure, this pressure, this energy field around. It's me. like building and you feel that like yeah. almost internal tension of like something's going to release. Yeah. It really needs to release. So bizarre. And anyway, we went in and I'm connected with this guy and, um, he, he just like the light of God shined through him. I, I felt drawn to him that day. And I was talking to this other girl and I remember talking to her and within, you know, two minutes, we got into a conversation about Jesus and I got goosebumps. I was like, oh, wow, this is exactly where I'm supposed to be. And I was like, okay, something's going to happen. I don't know what it is, but something's going to happen. Like we're supposed to be here. And, you know, I'm sharing, I, the, her partner was the guy that I was drawn to. He does a lot of preaching and they do lots of like, um, stuff with the church and people. And they're really interesting. They're not very like churchy or like Bible mm -hmm. thumpers at all. Like they really just like, they approach people and they pray over them and they heal them and they ch carry messages and they, I didn't know any of this at the time, but um, anyway, I was drawn to him and I, he was asking about me and I was sharing my story of addiction and I was like, just felt like I was channeling, it was flowing through me and I was like dumping a lot of stuff. He was really interested. And as I was, as I was speaking, like everyone from the gathering started like working around the table and like they were all drawn in and watching me speak. And I kind of wrapped up the story because I noticed everyone was like getting emotional and like the, it looked like I had said something that like really triggered them. Like there was tears coming on people's eyes and just, I, I was like, Hey, I'm sorry to like did I share too much with something that I said triggering for someone? I'm, I'm sorry. And they all kind of like started panicking. They were like, what? Oh, 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 no. And the mother spoke up. She's like, honey, she's like, there, there was an angel standing over you when you're speaking. And then they were like, 
they're kind of like frantic. They're like, oh, well, sh- can we, can we pray for you? Sh- yeah. Let's, can we, can we pray for you guys? Can we pray over you guys? I was like, yeah, absolutely. And I'm like overwhelmed with goosebumps. And this family is like Gothic. Like they're like, they have like Gothic <laughs> paintings and like black walls and like, did, you would not think they're spiritual at all. And then this happened. I was like, okay, this is funny. We're supposed to be here. And we go over and to make a really long story short, they were praying over us. And I, it was like a group conscious. I knew what they were going to say before they were saying it. Like the messages were coming to me it was too. Just going through. I closed my eyes and it was the brightest white light I'd ever felt. And it was like pulsing through my body. And my partner at the time, she was a non-believer and this was happening. And I, I opened up and I looked at her eyes and I saw her bawling and I was like, wow, like I, I'm seeing her like making the transition it, she, to it, like, salvation it in her mind. Yeah. yeah. And they prayed over us. And one of the things that really stood out to me was that they had this message from this angel that my health issues were going to be a thing of the past. And I didn't have to worry about it. Um, and I haven't dealt with them ever since. <laughs> so that's, no way. yeah. So that's kind of where we're at. Uh, so that was just, you know, one of the hundreds of stories I could tell you about where like spirit, I, you know, over the year I got to experience and witness a couple of miracles. And that was one that's really easy to explain. That would make sense to someone who's listening or isn't really in tune with all that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, since then I've just really been on like focusing more on my energy and going through lots of mental health, that relationship I was in came to an end. We were actually engaged. And through that, I wound up homeless for a couple months and took on a couple promotions from work and, at the same time, it was like just really stressed. I was in fight yeah. or flight, and with my previous health issues, I, I knew I needed to be careful with my cortisol and all this and that. Crazy timing, like yeah, like yeah. you don't want to let anything send you down a bad road, right? Yeah. yeah. And so then, you know, I finally got moved into my new place. I was doing good at first, but then I got moved into my new place, and being in that relationship with her, but also the spiritual experiences, like I just started feeling things on a whole nother level. Like my emotions were like you like, guys were like almost so connected from those experiences that you grew together through that it almost like attached you so hard. Yeah. Exactly. But there was another aspect to it that like I got opened up to this whole new realm of feeling because like meeting her, I'd felt love like I'd never experienced before. And I, my feelings were just amplified. Like, you know, my normal sadness was like times a thousand or my normal happiness was times a thousand. I just had these really highs and lows and very, very sensitive to like light and sound and just my nervous system couldn't take it anymore. It's so bizarre. And when I got moved into my new place and I finally created a safe space and got my room put together where I could like actually decompress after work and be on my own schedule and just sit with my thoughts. Like it was like a portal got ripped open and years and years and years and years of trauma came flooding into me. And I had a lot of peace to make with myself from mistakes I made in the relationship with my partner. And it was just this depression and anxiety and feeling like someone ripped my heart out of my chest every day came through me. It was like the the dark night of the soul people talk about where like every day I would contemplate my existence and I would have to, I like strip myself of everything that gave me validation. I would just sit with myself every single day and feel that pain. Cause that's the only way out of it. You know, if I go do something to mask it, it's still there. So it's, I had to, it's pushing it back. It's compartmentalizing it. And that's yeah. sometimes it builds up in our bodies and bracing and it builds up in our bodies and our movement patterns and it builds up and it affects our lives. Right. Absolutely. And so I, for months, I would just go home and sit with myself and just suffer and make peace with those thoughts and those feelings and replay everything in my head. And I would just like reframe it and look at it. And dude, it, it was, I just didn't think I was ever going to get over that. And so that put me on this huge mental health journey and this whole spiritual journey and working with energy and breath work and meditation. And I've always been into that stuff, but this just yeah. like sent it on a whole nother level. So, um, yeah, lots of crazy stuff has happened in the last 
year, but it's been the most challenging, but the most rewarding year of my life for sure. Yeah. It sounds like a transitionary period, man. Definitely. And this is like, you know, super grateful for you to just come on here and just spill it out there. I know you're a lot better than most at, you know, talking about your emotions and talking about these things, but these things are hard to talk about right. in general, especially on the air and especially. So thank you. Yeah, and, absolutely. And uh, can you, we talk to me a little bit about like, cause you know, obviously I love breath work. So yeah. um, um, it's gotten me out of my addictions. It's gotten me like to how to, you know, handle my life till now. Yeah. Uh, ever since I started back in Hawaii. And so I, um, I'm all in on it too, man. And so tell me what you've been doing. Like, what are the practices that you use yeah, so and like, what, um, has been like your favorite? Like, it started part of with, um, so since I have been awakened to things spiritually, I would have, I, when I, I get in meditation, I have like these very deep transcendental meditations where I, like, I actually just like, I leave my body and I float around in consciousness, whether it's yeah. another realm or dimension or con just consciousness or my own imagination. I, I transcend my body and I'm able to float around and find energies and tap into them and absorb them and connect and basically just rest my nervous system and come back. When I drop back in my body, I'm fully recharged and rejuvenated. I'd have these crazy visions and this just the beautiful out of this world things would come to me in these meditations. And there was like this three or four week time period where they were just dark. There was nothing like I would be meditate and they were uncomfortable and I couldn't sit there. And I knew that it was a a trying period for me. Like I knew that it was being put in front of me because like I had experienced so much from my meditations that it was like my safe spot. And I knew that, you know, like this was the universe's way of testing me of like, Hey, your meditations, we're going to put you through this right now, but we want you to keep doing them. I just had this knowing it's like, I need to keep doing them. I need to keep doing them. Yeah. I need to keep doing them. Consistency too. And they were just blank and dark. And like, I couldn't get, I couldn't break through and transcend like in. I used to. And yeah. it was just, and I was, you know, nothing changed. Like I still felt the same, but it, for some reason there was like, uh, like a, a veil that just was blocking me off to like that. And do you think, well, there's also like the, uh, I would say the hedonic adaptation of like you getting good at something and then it becoming the new norm yeah. and you have to break a new level. Right. And like yeah. that could also be part of it too. Definitely. And because that was a huge part of it is because like, as I was unraveling these traumas, my emotional state was actually just getting more and more amplified. Like it wasn't getting better. I was actually like, I don't know how to describe it, but like, Let's You're say like you look at a building and like there's a few bricks out of line and it's thrown off the structure. And because of that, you know, within 10 years, if you don't do something, the building will collapse. And that's where I was. And so I knew I was like, hey, I have all these bricks, I have all these pieces of my body and my consciousness and everything. And I was like, I need to break myself down brick by brick so I can look at them and yeah. look and see which one's broken and where I need to fix them. And so I did that. I went brick by brick by brick by brick. So genuinely for the first few months, I actually had to go backwards. I had to like break stuff down and go backwards mm, yeah. and then I could finally start building back up. So that was a phase where like, I was like, the, the workload was getting more and more. And I, yeah. was, I was like adapting to my meditations. But sometimes like we got to do that. Like with, yeah. it's same with like with lifting, right? Like you, you've created bad movement patterns, right? Like say your squat is not, to, you know, the perfect pattern, but you've built it up so strong yeah. that it sometimes takes some undoing before you can get to that real depth that you need or whatever form you're looking for. Um, you have to break it down first yeah. before you can start growing it. Right. Exactly. And right. So it was just like, we had to reset the foundation. And so it was very challenging. These meditations were dark and blank And this. I would wake up every morning, like someone, the way I described it is like, um, you know, I'm sure everyone's had a moment like this where like they receive a phone call and when they pick up the phone, like someone on the other side lets them know like a very close mem family member passed away. And it's just like, <gasps> like it takes your breath out and it rips your heart out of your chest. And it's the most painful thing ever. Soul it's soul-wrenching. It's soul-wrenching and it's messed up. And I would wake up feeling that every morning 
but add to it. Like it was like I was withdrawing from meth at the same time. And it was just like this discomfort, worms crawling in my skin, so much unrest that I had had with myself because I realized I'd never learned how to love myself unconditionally. I'd always poured into powerlifting in my relationships. And I, for me, pouring into other people's cups is what fulfills me. But the way I was doing it was I was taking my cup, maybe it was half full, and I would pour my cup out till it was empty into other people or other things to get validation. Yeah. So since I've now learned I just need to love myself and make my cup so full that it overflows, what overflows naturally will go into other people's. And what I found is doing that, like I'm actually able to pour into people way more. So my quality yeah. of life now really within like the last three to four weeks is better than it's ever been. But back to the <laughs> perfect time for the podcast. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. 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 So it's, you know, everything works out for a reason, but you know, back to those dark meditations I was having, I like, I just felt so lost and I felt so homesick and like, I didn't feel connected to anyone or anything. And I just needed to find my soul people. I needed to find family. I needed, I needed love and I was seeking it, but I realized I just needed to give it to myself. And so in like looking for it still, a little, I hadn't made the realization yet of like, oh, I need to strip myself of everything, but I was looking for it externally. And so I was, I, I've had been getting spiritual and like doing lots of meditations. And I was like, I want to be around people who like can understand these crazy stories that I have, like who have been through it or like, at least like to hear about it. Yeah. And so there's this place called the healing tree collective. I met this, this woman who came into the store and I was like, I need to check that place out. And like, I set a goal to try one new thing a week just to get out of my comfort zone. And like, dude, it, it was miserable. Like I, I just like had, I like, it's unfortunate to say this, but I was so suicidal every moment of every day. Like I couldn't breathe. There's like an elephant sitting in my chest. Like that, that feeling of that, like, that heart-wrenching pain when I woke up just <gasps> was always there. And so I finally like made it into this somatic breathwork class. And I love it. yeah, and it was awesome. Like I like basically induced a panic attack, you know, like you, you breathe really heavily and you like you free stuck energy that's stored in your body's physical cells. Yeah. And that's when I really started to realize the amount of trauma that I have. That you're holding. That you're holding. In your, your body, body remembers everything. Yeah. Absolutely everything. Oh yeah. So, have you heard, have you read that book by Bessel van der Kook? Uh, the body keeps the score. Um, no, but a really a person I'm really close with absolutely loves that book. So it's definitely, it's really hard to book. read because it's really traumatic and yeah. there's lots of like deep stuff in there, but it is telling on like how we hold and brace yeah. and like keep those right. traumas in us forever. And yeah. like, until we really release until them and learn safe enough to release them. Exactly. Yeah. And learn that it's okay. Yeah. And so I did that breathwork class and at this point I was like in my really, my relationship had been over and I was having a hard time letting go. And I knew that I needed to close that door for others to open. And I went to this breathwork class and I had this release and I, I just, for the first time in about a month, I had some like colors come to me in the the breath work. And I was like, wow, like, and it felt like I was in a building with the lights off and the roof had been torn off by God and the light finally started shining down. Yeah, you had the and, northern lights. And for about, and like 10, crazy. Minutes, for about yeah. 10 minutes, I felt really empowered. And I was like, wow, I feel like myself just a little bit. And then very quickly, the depression and anxiety and the unrest mm -hmm. I had with myself yeah. crept right back in and was overtaking my nerves and my cells. And um, went about my ways, you know, so every morning I'd wake up like in this pain and this turmoil. And so like, I couldn't, I couldn't do anything. I couldn't go to work. I couldn't communicate with people. So like 
I was figuring out, I was letting my soul and my body tell me what to do. I was just listening to my body. So I'd go off and go for a run and like, I'd be mad. I'd be crying and snot stripping on my face. And I'd, at the same time, I'm like saying affirmations, like I love myself. I'm proud of myself, which are so painful to say. I was just bawling. Yeah. Cause I wasn't proud of myself. I had so much shame. You're trying to fake it till so, you make it almost. And like, you didn't really feel it. You yeah. didn't believe it. Right. Like you were trying to overcome that with, you know, right. saying it, just saying it, yeah. saying it, saying it and till I, it happens. I didn't know what I was doing, but I would like do affirmations in the mirror and I would go for runs and I'd go meditate and I'd go like, you know, my body was telling me like, Hey, you need to move to release stuff. And it's all over time. It's gotten me back breath. to breath work. Yeah. It's yeah. Like the prana. That's the why energy. you're running. Yeah. It's cause you need right. to breathe hard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so I ended up going to another breath work class like a month later. It was great. It was absolutely awesome. And then I felt like really empowered for like three days. And then I ended up going back to another one. I felt really empowered for like a week. And then I started like making peace with myself. And I finally started like letting myself love myself. And there became a point about four weeks ago where like, I really had just like developed enough skills where I'd sit with myself in meditation. And I was like, wow, I really do love myself. I have the skills and I have the tools. Like these feelings that I'm feeling are great because I can master them. I can release them. I can reframe them. I can shift those, those unhealthy, toxic patterns to like really healthy, constructive ones. And, and, you know, I just had a really good attitude like, oh, it's this all is being released now because it's going to catapult me into this new version of myself. And so really within the last few weeks, um, I've been doing it like every day. I, I don't like, I don't, I'm not somatic trained or anything, but like, I'll go, I'll go breathe really hard in the sauna yeah. or like in the bathtub or like in my room. And you, I, don't, I, <laughs> you don't need to be somatically yeah. trained to do breath work people. Like you should try this on your own. Everyone should. Absolutely. I mean, yes, it is great to go to a, you know, licensed professional that knows what they're doing yeah. to help get you there faster. But like, please explore your breath yeah. because it is the key. The breath is the key, man. It's like, it's my medicine every single day. And, um, so yeah, I, every day, like I have to tune in with my breath. Like I'll be like, it's funny, this, this girl I've been seeing, like, we'll be like talking and I'll just like, you know, throughout the day, like I'll, I'll just like tune in. I'm so in tune with my breath. Like if I get sensory overload or like my body tells me something, like I'll be in the middle of a conversation. Next thing I know, my eyes are closed. I'm just like, and she just laughs because she yeah. lo she loves it. She's like, I love how you just <laughs> drop in anytime. Like I, it's just my, I'm listening to my body now. Unlike I ever have, I've always forced my body to yeah. go do these things. And the breath has been amazing. I wake up and I force myself to have that energetic release every day. Um, so like I, before I would like get, I would like get myself to cry every morning when I go for my runs. I didn't really know what I was doing, but I would somehow get to a place where I'd force that emotional release or that energetic release. I didn't know what I was doing. My body was just like basically like convulsing, making something happen. And so now I'll get up and like, it's a big part of my day. Every single day is um, I have to do that to like really get in a good headspace. Now with that somatic breathing, it is an adrenaline filling um, hyperventilation, right? And so um, I have a client, she is also going through her breathwork journey and she's um, taken a couple somatic breathings, had some traumatic experiences, releases, but her problem right now is sleeping, right? And so yeah. she kept going to this meditation class to do so somatic at like seven o'clock at night and like it gets you all and it gets you all up. amped up and wired yeah. and like her problem is sleep, right? right? So like like there are breath works for you know releases and like in the morning time, yeah, yeah heavy breathing, sign me up, you know, like right. get the adrenaline going, open up the lungs, get the oxygen in your body, but then yeah. before bed. It is learning these other like parasympathetic type breath works and yep. like these, you know, um, different kind of vagal Definitely. tone and stimulating yeah, exactly. ones. Yeah. And it's, it's really interesting. Like I had mentioned to you in a text a couple of weeks ago is like, now that I'm open to it and like, now that I've been letting my soul really lead the way, like things have been coming to me just like 
it's really you're an attractor. Like, I had like a dream about this breathwork practice where like I take a deep breath in and I hold it for like 20 seconds and I release it really slow. And it's the most relaxing thing ever. It's like my before bed breath work. And I do it in the ice bath and like puts me in like this, it like sucks me into this, this like realm where like, I'm not even in my body. And then I, I open my eyes and like, Holy crap, it's been 10 minutes. I got to get out of here before I, you know, get hypothermia. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's a really beautiful thing. There's so many modalities and so many different ways to use breath. And I'm, I'm going to be exploring with like Kundalini and so there's so many other oh, different yeah. things and, you know, Wim Hof and it just, it's so powerful. Like that oxygen cleanses your nerves and cleanses your cells and relaxes your nervous system. And it's, it's a really powerful thing. And it's underrated and I talked about, and people don't give it enough respect. Yeah. And, and if you want to lift, and even if you just want to lift 50 pounds more, oh, you yeah. can do that today if you learn how to breathe properly and have a good breathing yeah. brace. But if you don't have a good breathing brace, you are doing yourself a disservice yeah. and you're going to hurt your back. Yeah. And <laughs> the brace is a big one for like injury prevention, right? But like yeah. with, in conjunction with my meditations and my, so to kind of go back a little bit, I going through my health issues and then like the breakup and then the homelessness and the stress. So I was around like 260 pounds around, I was like 9% body fat, um, January 5th. I did an in-body scan January 6th. I tore my erector, had the back injuries, got bombarded with health issues. And I just like, you know, wasn't really doing my normal things. And I like kind of shriveled up to like 200, 205 pounds up until just a couple oh. of weeks ago, just within like, honestly, two and a half, three weeks ago, I was sitting at like 207 and I've been really tuned in with my breath and exercising just like hasn't been fun for me because I like to lift heavy and then I go in the gym and I feel so weak from my lack of training and nutrition and poor sleep and all the stress I had. I just felt so weak that like five minutes in my workout, I get really discouraged and be like, ah, oh, man, like I don't feel strong. I need, I'm going to go home. So I did that. It took me a while to get back into it. But then I, when those moments would come up, just like when a moment of frustration or fatigue or sadness or any sort of challenging or uncomfortable disruptive emotion or chemical residue that comes up throughout the day, um, that's when I take a second to breathe and I tune in with my breath and I drop into my body or like I free my mind. I just ground and get present. And every time you do that, it's a win, right? Absolutely. Like, and you feel good and about you it. You come and out and you feel better than any cup of coffee will ever do for you. <laughs> exactly. You're like, I overcame it again and again and again. Yep. And at the end of the day, you feel accomplished. Exactly. And so then I was like, you know, I was in the gym one day and I was like, had a heavy set. I just like didn't feel good or strong. And I was like, you know, like I'm going to drop in and like do a little breath work. So now it's become a part, like it's like a ritual before like my heavy set of my training session, I would like drop in my body, drop into my breath. And I'll like meditate. And I'll do the big hold. And I'll just like let the oxygen like fill my body. And I just, I just picture like, I picture like a light coming in, like a green light that's full of like power and strength and energy. And like, I let it fill in with my cells. And then I stepped out and I hit this set. Uh, you know, I was down 40 pounds from the last time I lifted that amount of weight and it felt easier than I've ever done it. And so like, now I'm really learning how like breath can unlock like actual physical power. It's like potential energy that it's, is stored. Right. And it's not any more power than you already have. Exactly. It's just tapping into all your reserves mm -hmm. to everything you got. And so we like, do you want to be optimal at what you have in your body? Because you can lift more than you are even showing now, yeah. you know, and you're, an elite power lifter right. that's like different <laughs> like i'm just now figuring that out like I, so you know within the last two weeks um i've been doing the breath in my workouts i love it. i get in this place where like it feels good and i can control the breath and like i i'll breathe in like i'll breathe in strength and fortitude and power and muscular regeneration i'll breathe out weakness i'll breathe out the the this the sorry mindset i'll breathe out the you know 
the dense resistance in my body. And so like, that's what I'm thinking when I'm lifting. I'm like, breathe in the power, the strength, the, the muscle growth. And there's something about, like if you tap into like Joe Dispenza's and lots of other people, their meditation oh, yeah, practices, Spenza's, when you yeah. visualize that and you connect with those high level emotions, like when you own the emotion, you match the vibration of that thing and eventually like it, it comes to you, it actually happens. And so like, in a way I've been in the gym and I've been manifesting like my dream physique before I go off on this trip to Guatemala. And dude, it's been two weeks. I've gained 22 pounds oh. and I, my physique looks better than it ever has. And it's just because <laughs> Granted, the, you have some good muscle memory, but like that yeah. is still like impressive to get it back that fast. Yeah, like, the, and, the muscle and, memory is, is one thing. I don't like, you know, the glycogen you were stores, at like, my muscles you know, are you know, filling yeah. out really quickly, right? So that the strength has been coming back, but there's a part like my physique looks completely different. And it's because of this visualization pattern that I have when I'm training, I breathe in like that power and the strength and like the tone or the definition, but this, this athleticism, I want to be able to like still do backflips at this, you know, 250, 260 pound when I get back up there. And there's a part of it that I know, like, you know, I've, I've fallen off the wagon and got back into it before, but it's never come back this quick. And it's strictly because of the power I'm unlocking with the breath and with my mind and visualizing. Um, and then, to add to that, there's this other, this woman I've been spending a lot of time with, and she is like really into and with her divine feminine. And so like we pair really well and it brings out the divine masculine and she like really makes me feel like a man. And like, it's, there's like that part that adds to it, just amplifies everything. Um, dude, it's just been crazy. The breath it's is all insane. getting together, right? Yeah. It's, it's all falling into place. I'm really understanding like how powerful the body is the body and the mind. And I've, you know, I've like and healed a stroke before. Right. But like, this is different. Like I'm like manifesting like physical strength within, you know, a couple of weeks and my muscles are coming back to me and it's and crazy. If you take it out from just like what its roots are, right. Like the body mind connection is the breath. Right. And so if you're disconnected from your breath, you're disconnected from your body, right? You can still do yeah. all you, that you do and your power lifting, but if you're not connected to that breath, you don't know what's going to happen right. next, right? And then you're not in tune, you're not in rhythm, you're not like, because yeah. life is a rhythmic type activity. Your heart beats in a rhythm. That's why when you're going into cardiac arrest, it's skipping beats and it's yeah. doing crazy shit because, you know, it's not in rhythm. And that's because your breathing is not in rhythm because you're having this traumatic, you know, response. And right. that it's just, it all comes back to the breath every time. And it that's really why I, I don't understand. Like, this is why I made it my whole practice. And I love people like this because this really like validates like everything that I do. Yeah. It's when I see someone like you who actually sees this benefit that is life-changing yeah and that it's so thank you for yeah you know, absolutely being that guy it's just funny how everything works out like i really believe you know like you don't fully you know like i've always been interested in breath and i've always wanted to, and like you know i was reading the science of the breath before but like yeah. it just didn't hit the same way like it's it's really funny how like when your body right like so where what has been happening is like you know, we talked about how your body stores trauma. And I also believe that, you know, your body is coded to live a certain way and to not have that trauma. And it knows what it needs to release, right? But in order to release that, you have you have to create a space with your body and your mind where it feels safe enough to let go of those things. And for me, a lot of that is self-talk or, you know, who I'm surrounding myself with or the environment I'm in. And because of the environments that I've created, like I go home and I meditate and it's a really high energy space in my room and I really take care of it. And I've created this safe environment where, you know, it is painful. These unhealthy traumas will come up from my past, but be it's a blessing that they're coming up because they're coming up because my body wants to release them. Okay. So they come up and I breathe in, I take a deep breath and like, Really okay, breathe it. in love, breathe in gratitude for the situation, breathe in what this taught me and then breathe the out perspective from the it. dense resistance, yeah. breathe out, letting go. And it's just, it's the power of it is insane. I can actually feel my cells like repairing and regenerating and um, it's really unique. And I think that's why I've had such 
success with like my physical gains in the gym the last couple of weeks because I'm, I'm my nervous system is on a whole nother level right now um but yeah it's like it's i've always known you and i've always like wanted to get into it but like it's, it's just when it, it when it comes from and you know it's a place where this I've is been. the time it needed to happen exactly. right like and right. then yeah, exa- you were on a different part of your breathwork journey than i was but now we're coming to a point where we can help each other out yeah. even more so yeah definitely so yeah i appreciate everything <laughs> that you've done and all the seeds you've planted and, yeah it's awesome yeah man so. and so well I, this has been great and i we could talk for hours I but i definitely have to go to my client in cool. 10 minutes so cool. um you're the man for coming on i really appreciate it and uh i hope everyone listening you know tries breath work come to my saturday class it's free um and then just you know hit me up hit tristan up if you want to learn more because we'll definitely talk your ear out about it and i've got i've got lots of really great connections who like are certified and they host retreats and they do all sorts of stuff so especially if you're like more on the spiritual side of things or maybe you're not it just it's so powerful it it really had everyone who does breath work will tell you how much it's changed their life yeah so from professional athlete to spiritual yogi like they they all do it and it's all going to be the the key but absolutely the breath is the secret honestly it's like it's like the secret to the universe (laughs) low-key yeah i agree all right brother well thanks again and uh we'll catch you guys next week on the price for paradise my name's woody and aloha